0: is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit.
1: Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of a word from the Lord. Today, Archbishop Beach brings us his message entitled The Promise of the Spirit. Here now is our speaker and teacher
0: for a word from the Lord, Archbishop Foley Beach. Our text this morning is from John chapter 14 and is one of the foremost passages in the Bible of Jesus' promise regarding the Holy Spirit and His explaining how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So, I want to invite you to open in your Bible to John 14. If you don't have your Bible, turn on your phone. If not, just listen carefully. But uh, we're going to look at this passage together or actually look at several passages together. The context of John chapter 14 is Jesus is on His way to the cross. It's the night He was arrested, it's the night before He was crucified. He's celebrated the Passover with His disciples, He's washed their feet, He's instituted the Lord's Supper, what we now call communion, and He's taught them many things on this night. And actually, if you, if you look in your Bible, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 all happen on this night. Uh, one of the things about John's Gospel is John tends to capture the events of Jesus in Jerusalem. So most of what you read in, in John happened actually in Jerusalem. So here it's, it's the night before Jesus is crucified. His activities and teachings begin in the upper room, they move through a vineyard, and they end up in the garden of Gethsemane. Now he's told them twice, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. And he's reminded them much of his teaching that he's already taught them before. And in this passage in John 14 starting with verse 15, he has numerous themes. He talks about love. He talks about peace. He talks about obedience. He talks about the Father. He talks about the Holy Spirit. He talks about the Trinity. He gives prophecy. It's amazing how many topics he covers in these few verses. For our purposes this morning, I want us to center in on verses 23 and 26. 23, Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word And my Father will love Him, and we will come to Him, and make our home with Him." And then verse 26, "'But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you.'" Jesus is attempting to help them understand the role of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is leaving. But He's not leaving them to themselves. He will still be with them in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You and I have a difficult time understanding this, but imagine what they were going through. The Lord hadn't died yet. They'd not seen the risen Christ yet. They had not experienced Pentecost. I mean, we kind of all know this now. Jesus is teaching conceptually about the Spirit at this time, not experientially. So it's a lot for them to take in. Now we should note that he's already spoken of the Spirit many times as he's discipled and mentored them to serve in the kingdom of God. Earlier in the Gospel we find some very familiar verses. John chapter 3. I'm going to ask you to kind of walk with me through these verses. John chapter 3, Jesus is speaking with Nicodemus about entering the kingdom of God. And in verse 3, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus is saying here that one cannot enter the kingdom of God without the Holy Spirit. He or she must be born again. The spirit must be born in us. And then over in chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus is talking with a Samaritan woman about worship. And He says this in verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And here He's actually saying that you actually can't worship God truly without the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles, and He's speaking about many things. But then He speaks up, verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirst, let him come to Me and drink. Whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this He said about the Spirit. Whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So here Jesus is saying that not only will the Holy Spirit indwell a person with his presence, but it will be like the headwaters of a river coming from within a person and out into the world. So back to the passage that we're talking about on this night before he is actually crucified. He talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 15, which we heard read earlier, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So here Jesus says the helper, this Holy Spirit, The Spirit of truth will dwell with you, but He also goes and says He will be in you. Look again at verses 23 and 26. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. In verse 26, and the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Well, the teaching continues that night. In verse, or chapter 15, verse 26, we find this. Jesus says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. And then in chapter 16, verse 4, But I have said these things to you, Jesus said that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now that I'm going to him who sent me, none of you ask me where you are going. And because I have said these things, your sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they had not believed in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world will be judged. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he will take from what is mine and declare it to you now if you know your bible history we know that after jesus was resurrected from the dead one day he was talking to his disciples on the mount of olives and he said now i want you guys to go over to jerusalem and wait Wait for the gift my Father is going to send to you. And as you know, on the day of Pentecost that we remember on Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit descends and the Holy Spirit fills the disciples, empowering them for their ministries to share the good news of the gospel. So what are we to make of all this talk about the Holy Spirit? I mean, here we are 21 centuries later. How does this apply to us? Well, I want to offer you several things to consider. First, the Holy Spirit is very important in following Jesus. The Holy Spirit is very important in following Jesus. If not, Jesus wouldn't have talked about him so much. Actually, from his words from John chapter 3, a man or a woman can't even be in the kingdom of God if she's not been born of the Holy Spirit. So what does this mean? Well, God, we're told, created man and woman in His image. And we humans are triune beings just like God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, we're body, soul, and spirit. And when we repent of our sins and we come to faith in Jesus, our spirit, the spirit part of us, is made alive. It's born again. It's quickened. As I like to say, the pilot light is lit A person now has the capacity to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to know the Lord, to commune with Him, to fellowship with Him, to hear His voice, and be empowered by the Spirit. It's what the Apostle Paul described when he wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 2. In verse 1 he writes, And you were dead, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of power the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedience then you get to verse 4 but god being rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved we were once dead But Christ has made us alive. He quickened our spirit. He made us alive. So what are we to make of all this talk about the Holy Spirit? First, the Holy Spirit is very important in following Jesus. Secondly, the Holy Spirit brings the presence of the Father and the Son not only to be with us, but to be in us. Look at verse 16 and 17 again. We're in chapter 14. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then verse 23 again. If you love me, He will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. It's the Holy Spirit who makes the awareness of God real to us. It's the Holy Spirit who brings God's presence into our very lives. He literally takes up residence in our being. He will dwell with us and he will dwell in us. The Spirit of God hovered over the emptiness and void of creation. We read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. He now fills the empty place, the God-shaped void within the human being by His very presence, the presence of God Himself. A third thing. We're told in this passage that the Holy Spirit is called a helper. Literally, in in the Greek language, it means one who's called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit helps us live the Christian life. The Holy Spirit helps us to follow and obey Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us to face the challenges of life. He's our helper. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us as we bear witness to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us as we minister in His name. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us to pray in our weakness when we don't know how to pray. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us by manifesting spiritual gifts of healing and deliverance as we reach out to people who are not in our fellowship called the church. He's our helper. Another thing this passage tells us that I think applies to us today is the Holy Spirit is a teacher. In verse 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And he did exactly this with the apostles. And that's why what we now have here that we call the scriptures, is because the Holy Spirit came to them and, and, and shared this with them. But it's also the Holy Spirit who helps us now understand the scriptures themselves. Yes, scholars and, and commentaries, are they help us tremendously, but it's the Holy Spirit who helps us understand the words of God. Actually, we believe that 2 Timothy 3:16 is true. When Paul wrote, "All scripture is inspired by God or God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God might be adequately equipped for every good work." And we believe 2 Peter chapter t- uh, 1 verse 20 which says, No prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit teach you the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to pray. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to walk in love. Let the Holy Spirit teach you to be a godly father or a godly wife or a good employee, or a tremendous godly boss. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to manifest the fruit of His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. Now this doesn't mean He won't use others to teach and guide and direct you, He will. But let the Holy Spirit teach you through these others. He's a teacher. And then the last thing I wanted to share with you this morning. For too many people the pilot light has been lit but the furnace is not engaged. The pilot light's lit, but the furnace isn't engaged. You see, it's not enough just to want the Holy Spirit. A few years ago, we lived. my wife Allison and I lived in a different house, and in the bottom of the house was a cellar, and in the cellar was the furnace, and it was a drafty cellar. So occasionally the pilot light would go out, and I'd have to go down and light the pilot light. Well, one day it's, it's cold outside. The furnace is on, and, but the cold air is coming out. I'm thinking, well, the pilot light isn't lit. So I go down and I undo the little cover. And just as I undo the color, boom, the furnace engages. Fortunately, I, you know, everything was fine. I had to call the heating and air folks to find out why it didn't engage when it should have. But all that being said, it showed me a difference. See, many of us have the pilot light lit. We've asked Christ into our life, but the furnace isn't engaged. There's all this spiritual power, all this heat, all this work of the spirit that he wants to do through us, but he can't because something's cutting the gas flow. The furnace isn't engaged. Too many church people have the pilot light lit, but the furnace is not engaged. There's all this potential for spiritual heat and power but there's nothing. Jesus says in these passages, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he talks about the Holy Spirit. And he says a few verses later, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And he talks about giving the Holy Spirit. Friends, it's one thing to believe in Christ. It's another thing to love Christ and obey him. It's one thing to intellectually and emotionally believe in Him. It's another thing to yield yourself to Christ, to love Him and obey Him. The question is not, do you have the Holy Spirit? The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? You with me? Too many people have the pilot light lit, but the furnace isn't engaged. They're not willing to let go and let God lead their lives. Their spirit, not the Holy Spirit, is in charge. Their will, not the will of God, is sitting on the throne of their heart and their life. Dear friends, if this describes you, then you will never know the fullness of the Spirit in your life. You'll never know the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You'll never know the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. For you see, when the pilot light is lit, you're given the capacity to engage the furnace, but the furnace has to be open so the gas can flow. When you're born again, you're given the capacity to walk in the power of the Spirit. However, God doesn't force His way on you. And some people, when they're born again, they just let go and they let God and the power flows. But others of us hold on. We won't let go. Or we'll say, God, you can have this part, but you can't touch over here. And when we do that, we quench the Holy Spirit. We put out the fire. Yes, the pilot light's lit, but the furnace isn't engaged. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, do not get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in studying that passage, it literally means continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Today, this afternoon, tomorrow, next week in that meeting, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit brings the presence of the Lord into your very being and life. And He's a helper and He's a teacher. Some of you here this morning have lit the pilot light. You've accepted Christ in your life, but you don't have the power of the spirit in your life. I invite you this morning to yield your life, your heart, your mind, your will, your strength, your body to the Lord. Personally allow him to be your Lord, to be Lord over all, not just some in your life. He wants you to experience his love and his joy and his peace. He wants you to know his presence with you There may also be some folks here this morning that you've never accepted Christ. You've never asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins and invited him into your life. And the pilot light's not lit yet. You're still, as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, you're still dead. That part of you isn't alive. So I want to invite you to, to consider today asking the Lord into your life, saying no to your sins. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus. and I'm going to follow his way for my life. We serve an incredible God and he gives us this promise of the Holy Spirit, his very presence to be with us in all our endeavors, all our activities, all the things that we do in life. But because of our stubbornness and because of our sinfulness, we push him away. He wants to be with you. He wants to be in you. He wants you to know him in a full and wonderful way.
1: Thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and, and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you a just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but, but just the way it is. And, and, a is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin. Is God's solution for being alienated from Him. To believe that through Jesus I can be made whole and I can be healed that I can be forgiven and the C is for confess confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior a lot of folks receive him as their Savior they want their what I call fire insurance make sure they don't go to hell but they aren't willing to allow him to be their Lord to be the one who uh, is the master of their life And and to confess that, uh, to be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about, that Jesus is your Lord. So it's really that simple, Um, and yet it's that powerful, that it makes such an eternal difference. Um, Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the solution. And confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and, and, and say a simple prayer. Uh, confess your sin to Him, tell Him you believe in Him, and then to begin to confess Him as your Savior Lord. If you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. I'd like to send you some materials so, to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's, it's like becoming a, a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn in order to walk with God. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of Christ please visit us online at awftl.org.